0: Well guys, last week we started up kind of a weird series uh, and the title of the series is Churchy Words. And uh, the premise of the series is that often we throw around these fancy little Christian words in our Christian circles but often we have no idea even what they mean. And sometimes it's my opinion that we were even given wrong definitions to these words which then really makes it hard for us to fully understand certain verses that we read when those words are put in there. Um, so in this series, we're gonna take these words and we're gonna try to get our heads around them and understand them so that the verses that we read make sense, okay? So that's what we're gonna be doing. Well, last week, we started out in John 3:16, 16, uh, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, one of the most memorized verses in the Bible, and we started to unpack that verse. So let's look at that verse again because we got some more work to do in that verse. In fact, let's read it out loud together, all right? Can you do that? Ready? For God so loved the world... That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And last week's churchy word was belief, where it says, whoever believes in him shall not perish. And we tried to unpack that word belief. And just for kicks, let's see if anybody remembers last week's sermon and the definition. Anybody in third service able to repeat the definition out loud for me? Very good. Awesome. A readiness to act as if what you believe is true. Exactly. Belief will result in a readiness to act. If we believe something, we're going to act out on that something. Our entire body will be ready to act. And last week, we really focused how in Christianity today, we've seen a tendency to focus on the what to believe and not so much on the who to believe. And if you read scripture, you will see that the main focus is on the who to believe. Like even in our verse today, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes, what? In him will not perish but have eternal life. Okay? The focus is in who to believe. And hopefully we were able to walk away last week with the knowledge we need to really start, we need to really start by believing in him, in Jesus and if we really believe in Jesus, then we're going to believe that He's it, that He really is true, that Jesus is right about everything. And we're going to then act it out in our lives. We'll learn to obey Him. And why? Because we believe Him. Okay? Well, for today, we're going to continue on in this verse. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Eternal life is our churchy word for today, churchy words for today. Uh, That's what we're gonna be focusing on. So pull out your pens, pull out your pencils, grab a little piece of paper, and what I want you to do is I want you to write down the definition for the words eternal life. What do you think eternal life is? I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to do that. So do your best. Kind of like these little 30-second breaks. Can drink some water, scratch my nose, check my zipper. (laughs) All right, everybody done? Okay, let's get after this. Eternal life, what is it? Well, before we get into what is it, let's see what it is not, okay? Let me show you what most Christians across the world today would say eternal life is, okay? Most people would say that eternal life is heaven. Okay? In fact, they would read John 3:16 like this. They would say for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will get to go to heaven when they die. That's how people would define eternal life. Eternal life for so many people is about heaven. But I want to very clearly and very seriously say that eternal life is not heaven. Okay? It actually is so much more than heaven. It is something that is so very precious and so many people don't even know it's being offered to us, okay? Let me show you. And rather than me just giving you a definition for eternal life, I'm gonna read you a verse because in that verse is the definition for eternal life. In fact, it is the one time where Jesus very clearly and flatly defines something for us, okay? I want you to turn in your Bible to John 17, John 17. If you have your Bible, please turn to it because I want you to highlight this verse and I want you to beside it put definition to eternal life. John 17. Now John 17 is the prayer that Jesus prayed right after they celebrated the Passover meal. He's praying in this thing. He's praying to his father. And, and Jesus looks towards heaven and this is what he prays. He goes, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now I want you to study that verse. Read it over again in your mind. And I want you to out loud tell me what is eternal life? Knowing God. Guys, eternal life is knowing God. Now, I really didn't intend to do this, but just in that definition, we're going to have to define another churchy word. Because the word know in the Bible has a very important meaning that if we don't understand it, we aren't going to truly grasp eternal life. So we got to unpack that. Knowing God, guys, does not mean just knowing about God or about some things he has done. No, to know God means to have an interactive relationship with him. It's kind of like that verse in Luke where Gabriel shows up to Mary. And he tells Mary, he says, Mary, you are going to, you're going to become pregnant and you're going to give birth to the son of God and his name will be Jesus. And Mary tells Gabriel this, she, she says this to him. She says, how shall this be seeing I know not a man? Now is Mary saying there, she's saying, how's this even going to happen? I don't even know a man. I've never met a man in my life. I mean, I live in this convent with it's just all women. I've never met a man before. How is this going to happen? Is that what Mary's saying? No, she's saying, "I have how is this going to happen because I've never been in the proper interactive relationship with a man that would make me pregnant." So how is this happen? Guys, knowing is interactive relationship it's kind of like this. Let's say that I, and I go to, I hear that Aaron Rodgers is throwing this big party at his house and, and so I show up at his house and I knock on the door and they're like, uh, yeah, what do you need? I'm like, I'm here for the party. And they're like, okay, well, who are you? I said, well, dude, I, I know Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, you do? I'm like, yeah, he's a quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I'm like, I can even quote all the stats for the 2015, 2016 season. I mean, I know Aaron. Now, tell me. If I were to do that at the party, would they let me in? No, why not? Besides the fact that I'm a bear fan. Why why would they not? Because I don't know Aaron exactly. I just know about him and I know some things he's done. In fact, I might even believe those things he's done. But I don't know him. Knowing Aaron would mean that I was in an interactive relationship with him. And if I was in an interactive relationship with Aaron, and, it, and I show up at the door, when the door opens, Aaron goes, "Hey, Luke, yeah, come on in, Bud. Yeah, hey guys, this is Luke Dyer for Connwalk, the good-looking pastor I've been telling you about. He's, he's here. <laughs> knowing God is being in an interactive relationship with God. And it's not just knowing things about him, It's not just even knowing and even maybe believing things he did. It's knowing him. Being in an interactive, conversational relationship with him. And guys, when we're in that, we know God. And God knows us. Guys, eternal life is not heaven. John 3.16 is not telling us that if we believe in Jesus, we get to go to heaven when we die. Now that might be included in the deal, but that's not what eternal life is all about. It's so much more than that. It's us knowing God and God knowing us, having a relationship with him. That's what eternal life is. And trust me, guys, knowing God and him knowing us is a big, big deal. I'm going to read you a verse right now. It's a very sobering verse. But it's going to tell us the importance of why we need to know God. And when we read this, it's gonna put everything together, hopefully, for us. Matthew 7, it says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, many on that day will, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, what will he say? I never knew you away from me you evil doers I want you to notice that verse notice it says many many on that day many on that final day of judgment There's going to be many people that gonna to come to Jesus and say well what about this what about this we, we did this in your name we performed miracles in your name we, we did all this good stuff we did it in your name and I'm not sure if you're seeing this or not but this sounds like pretty religious people They're doing some pretty religious things. But Jesus very plainly is going to tell them something. And what is he going to say? I never knew you. I don't know you. I never had a relationship with you. Guys, eternal life is knowing God and God knowing us. These religious people might have done a lot of good things, but they didn't know God. And God didn't know them. So yeah, this verse is a very sobering verse. Many on that day are going to come to Jesus and they're probably say, I went to church my whole life, Jesus. I, I was a Sunday school teacher. I was a pastor. I was a missionary. I, I can give all the right answers to the right questions. And Jesus will look at them and say, I'm sorry, I never knew you. I don't know you. I've never had a relationship with you. And why? Because that person never believed in Jesus. They might have believed in a lot of things. They might have believed in the what, but they never believed in the who. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal Life. You know, it's kind of interesting, last week I was talking about how when I grew up, we were taught that when we were in a conversation with someone who wasn't a believer, to kind of initiate kind of a spiritual conversation, we were to ask the question, hey, you know, if, if you were to die tonight and stand before God in heaven, and if he were to ask you, hey, why should I even let you into heaven, how would you answer and then we were taught, you know, how to give them all the right answers to the right questions. And you can listen to last week's sermon if you don't know what I'm talking about. But when you really think about it, that question is kind of ridiculous if you look at scripture. Because think about it if I were to die tonight and I went to the gates of heaven and God were standing there and he goes, Why should I let you into heaven? What does that already tell you? He <laughs> doesn't know me. Exactly. If God's have, having to ask me, Why should I let you into heaven? There's kind of a problem there, okay? It kind of shows that right there, he doesn't know me. And if he doesn't know me, that's a real problem. I can have all the right answers. I can know the Bible inside and out, but it doesn't matter. I don't know him and he doesn't know me. No, man, when I get to heaven, I want God to be like, Luke, what's up, man? Come on in here, give me a hug. Hey, guys, this is Luke. This is a good-looking pastor from walk I've been telling you about. And I can imagine hanging around with him and talking about the things we did together. That's what I want my he- entrance into heaven to be like. Why? Because he knows me and I know him. I, I believe in Jesus. So I have eternal life. You know, I- I- on that final day of judgment, I don't picture Jesus asking people a bunch of questions like a quiz. I think it's gonna be simply this. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. Come here, man, give me a big hug, I love you. Sorry, I don't know you, I I don't know you. Hey, hey, Brenda, come here, it's good to see you. Jeremy, it's so good to see you. Sorry, I don't know the next person, I don't know you, I don't know you. That's how I think it's gonna be. He'll either know you, or he won't. Now, if you're a thinking person, a person who takes these things seriously, what you should be asking yourself right now is, well, how do I know that I know him? And how do I know that he knows me? That's really what we should all be asking ourselves. This is a really good question. And you know, Scripture is very clear on that answer. It, it doesn't leave us wondering. It gives us a very direct answer. Let me show you in 1 John chapter 2. It says this, We, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Now, I, I know this verse kind of riles us up. It gets us, makes us feel pretty uncomfortable. But let's look at it closely. And first of all, let me ask you this question. How can we know that we have come to know him? Look at that verse. How can we know? If we obey his commands. Now, before you get all upset about that, remember, that's exactly what belief is. If we believe in Jesus, then we're going to have a readiness to act as if Jesus were true and right about everything. In other words, because we believe in Jesus, we're going to learn to obey Jesus. Belief will always result in obedience to Jesus. In fact, listen to me here. It is a mental impossibility to say, I believe in Jesus, and then choose to not obey him. Can't do it. And that's what this verse is saying. It's saying, listen, if you believe him, you're going to obey him. And if you obey him, then you'll have eternal life. You'll know him, and he'll know you. So how do you know if you know God or not? Well, are you obeying him? Verse 5 says, anyone who obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Obedience to Jesus is proof of our having an interactive relationship with him. Now, it's not how much we know about the Bible. It is not whether we went to seminary or not. It is not the position we hold in some religious organization. It isn't how much we go to church. It isn't how fancy we sound when we pray. It isn't any of that. It's obedience to Jesus. Are you obeying Jesus? You know, Jesus often said to the people who were following him, he says, you know, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and then don't do what I say? Why do you do that? Obedience to Jesus is proof of our having an interactive relationship with him. It's proof that we believe in him. Does that make sense? Everybody follow me? Now, the next question I will always get in regards to this is, Luke, are you saying then that we need to be fully obeying Jesus before we can have eternal life? In other words, do I have to obey everything he says before I can say I know him? And the answer to that is an obvious no. Because when a person puts his trust in Jesus, when he truly believes in Jesus, let me tell you, sometimes that person can be pretty raw. He can be pretty messed up. Pretty disobedient, but because that person truly believes in Jesus, he or she is going to begin to apprentice themselves after Jesus. They will disciple themselves, themselves after him. Like it says in Luke six, 6, they're going to put his words into practice. I love what it says there. It follows that very verse. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into What? Practice, I love that word practice. We put his words into practice. We practice them. And you know what, we're probably gonna mess up over and over, but we keep practicing. We keep practicing to love our enemies. We keep practicing praying for those who mistreat us. We keep practicing to not worry. We keep practicing to be generous. We keep practicing to bless those who curse us. And you know, bit by bit, we begin to experience deep change in our lives. And guys, let me just say this if I can. Change change in our lives doesn't come through inspiration or more information. I mean, don't get me wrong, those are good things. Inspiration's great and information's great, but they're not the things that are gonna produce change in our life. You can hear the most inspirational sermon where you're just like, oh, that's so awesome. You could go to the most informational Bible study where you go, whoa, I just, I gotta take that all in. Trust me, I I know, they won't change you. I've been to some pretty inspirational sermons and I've been to some pretty informational Bible studies, but those things didn't change me. I'll tell you where change comes from and, and I really want you to get this. I want you to just take this and embrace it. True change comes when you engage in your relationship with Jesus. That's where change comes from. And you might ask, well, how do I do that? Well, it's like any relationship. You said, Jesus, I, I believe in you. And you know, Jesus, you tell me, you say in your word that I'm not to look lustfully after a woman. Okay, well, I'm gonna be honest here, everything in the world tells me just the opposite. And everything in the world makes it so much easier to do that. And I'm going to be honest with you, Jesus, it seems like everything inside me wants to. But Jesus, I believe you. And I believe you're right about everything. And if you say that I'm not to look at a woman lustfully, then I'm going to practice to not do that. But I don't know how. So Jesus, I need you to teach me. I need you to show me how. Show me what disciplines I need to incorporate in my life to make this a reality. You're my rabbi, you're my teacher, I'm your student, I'm your disciple. And I wanna do this together with you to where I don't lust after women anymore, but I love them the way that you love them. That's how we engage in a relationship with Jesus, an interactive, conversational relationship with Jesus. And in doing so, guys, we grow we begin to produce fruit. We begin to experience the love of God in our lives more and more, and we're able to love others the way that he loved us. And we begin to obey Jesus more and more, and more and more we begin to experience this eternal kind of life, this life where God and I do it together. Not sure if you know this or not, but that really is the life we were created for, amen? It's a supernatural kind of life. We can't do it humanly. And it's a life that we humans were intended to live. And it's a life that can only be lived with God working with us and through us. But it's a beautiful, amazing kind of life. And why should we're being invited into that kind of life? That's why Jesus came so that we could believe him and experience that eternal life. And guys, we need to experience we need to understand that to experience this kind of life is the greatest invitation that mankind has ever been offered. Period. Let me let me kind of explain it like this if I can. Maybe this will help us understand it better. But here is a plant. Now tell me, is this plant alive? Barely, it looks. <laughs> but it's alive, okay? This plant has life. It's, it's living kind of in, cor- in accordance to the humidity in this room and in accordance to the temperature in, in this room. This plant has a life. It's alive, okay? But let's say that I brought a puppy up onto this stage and I couldn't get a puppy, so I'll just use a picture here. But let's say that I had a puppy up here and I threw a little ball down the aisle and what would that puppy do? it would chase after the the ball and it would want to play with the ball. What would the plant do? Nothing. Why? Because the plant has a life, but not that kind of life. The plant is dead to the realm of play. It's alive, but it doesn't have that kind of life. Now, let's say that Jarius and Chris are up here and you guys are doing flashcards together. Not sure why, but you're bored with the sermon, so you're doing flashcards. And Jarius holds up, four times four is what? And Chris goes, 16. What would the puppy do? Would the puppy go, wow, I'll be darned, 16? No. You wanna know why? Because the puppy is dead to the realm of mathematics. It does have a life, but not that kind of life. And so guys, I need you to hear me here. I need you to kind of pay attention, look me in the eye. When Jesus says, obey me. Come with me in this direction. I know you're going in that direction, but I want you to come with me in this direction. Follow me. Stop doing things your way. And do things my way. When Jesus does that, that is not Jesus just trying to get you to do religious things. That is not Jesus trying to get you to do good works. That is not Jesus being mean-spirited. It's this, it's Jesus doing this, and I need for you to listen to me here. It's Jesus saying, guys, listen, you're living a mere plant kind of life. You're living a mere puppy kind of life. And Jesus is inviting you to put that kind of life to death and to live out humanity the way God intended humanity to be. Amen? to be free from these sub kind of lives. And you know what the crazy thing is, is that this is the only lives we've ever known. And so we hang on to them and we grip them and we're like, no, I don't wanna let go of this life. But Jesus is saying, let go. Let go of the wandering that is attached to this kind of life. Let go of the unbelief that's attached to this kind of life. And place your confidence in me, believe in me. Take a risk, venture out on the fact that if you let go of what you've always known, you will pick up on something that is not only superior, but you will be human as the way God intended you to be human. And you will be living into what he intended. Because guys, Jesus has so much of a better life waiting for us. An eternal kind of life an eternal, interactive, conversational relationship kind of life with the God of this universe, amen? And I want you to know this is the greatest invitation that mankind has ever been invited to. We have to see the treasure of it. It is the greatest treasure ever. So much so we should just be willing to say, I throw all this, I throw this plant life away and I want that. I'm tired of doing it my way. I want that eternal kind of life. That's what Jesus is asking us for. That's what he's inviting us into. And I want to encourage us, man, let's accept the invitation. Amen. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Jesus. I thank you that He came to this earth so that we could believe him and we could learn from him and he could be our rabbi, we could be a student so that we could experience eternal life. Life of knowing you and you knowing us. And God, I pray that for every person in this room, may we be willing to get rid of our plant kind of life and our puppy kind of life and engage in this eternal kind of life. The life that we were created for. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Guys, I love you so very, very, very much. Have an awesome week and we'll see you next Sunday.